0: Father, we just love you so much this morning, and what an awesome place to be, God, just to see your spirit move, to see your spirit move on the hearts of these people who chose to profess their faith openly and publicly, and God, we're so thankful for that, and God, we rejoice in who you are this morning because you are good. You are a good father and we love you so much. We pray this morning as we hear your word that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would open our hearts just to receive what you have for us. We love you, we praise your name and we ask all these things in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. All right. Take your Bible and look at Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 32. If you're working in Adventure Week uh, this next week, would you please stand? If you're working in Adventure Week, very nice. Please stand, we're going to pray for you guys. The Lord is going to do a wonderful, wonderful job. Jason, would you come and pray for us, please? Pray for Adventure Week, all the kids that are be coming, all the ministry. That's going to happen. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning. We just lift up uh, all those that have volunteered to be a part of Venture Week. Father, we know that uh, you have a perfect will, Father. And we know and trust, Lord, that uh, that would be done. God, I pray that all the leaders would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and would see when these children need somebody to speak with And, uh, Father, we pray that they would just see the love of Christ through them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys and gals, for being willing to work this next week. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be an awesome week. You know, sometimes you go to church, and all you have is church. Other times you go to church, and I mean to tell you, you have church, don't you? Sometimes you have church, but sometimes you really have church. So don't miss, because you might miss when we really have church. That's right. Don't miss. What a great opportunity for us to be here today and see all this today. The Lord has spoken. He has worked. The Holy Spirit did this today. There's no question about that. One of the things that's really important to, to realize, I, this is one of the things that was speaking to me today, everywhere I've been where... You walk away saying, that can't be explained except the work of God. It can't be explained except the work of God. Every single places that I've been where I leave that church, I leave that ministry, I leave that country, whatever it might be, I always go, you just can't organize that. You can't strategize that. And in every one of those places where the Holy Spirit is at work, the people are flexible. The people are flexible. Now, if you're not flexible, if you're very, uh, if you're wired so that everything needs a fitness place and everything needs to happen in a sequential order, I didn't know I knew that, (laughs) sequential order, (laughs) you have a hard time with the movement of the Lord, and that's a hard lesson for you. I personally don't have that. I enjoyed the day like you can't believe. I will be excited all week long about what the Lord has done today. I love when things don't go as programmed, when the Holy Spirit begins to work. So just consider a little flexibility. Sometimes you show up and plans change. Sometimes you show up, and it's not like you expected. The Lord has something in mind. Sometimes you show up, and you think you know, but you don't know. And what we must learn to do if we are going to be spirit-led and live by the Spirit of the Lord, which the Scripture says we are to do, we go with our plans, we prepare well, we pray, we think we have a a list of what needs to take place, but we arrive, and by gosh, the defensive tackles, the ends are upfield, so you run the trap over and over and over and that's how you do it and you go to a situation and you're going man you know the lord's at work in this area we thought he was going to be working in this area but the lords at work in this area wouldn't be foolish to keep on working in this area when the lord's at work in this area Wouldn't it be dumb to keep on pitching your lure in that hole when he's biting in that hole? I'm here to tell you, if you go fish with a bunch of guys and one side of the boat's catching them, what does everybody do? Go where the fish are biting. Go where the fish are biting. And so I just want to throw that out for you today for a lesson of flexibility. Flexible so the spirit can work. No, flexible so you can see the spirit work. Those are two different things. We ready for Matthew 14? We have a little change of schedule today. Matthew 14, all right. This is a great story. I'm walking on water, symbolically at least. Have you ever tried to walk on water? I have. I did. We were praying, a bunch of guys when I was in college, and man, we were having a great prayer meeting. We had caught a bunch of crappie all day we were standing there and one of the guys says you know we we're in the Lord today the spirit's been at work we're growing we've been we've been in fellowship all day on that lake and he said I wonder if I can walk on water And we said we'll follow you you go we'll follow you and he said Lord if you want me to walk on water may it happen he stepped out there and he didn't (laughs) the Lord didn't want us to And We laughed. It was a great time. He said, well, the Lord didn't want you to. Maybe he wants you to. He said, no, He didn't want you to either, did he? He said, no, he didn't want any of us to. But it was a glorious time. Matthew, I mean, chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. He just got through feeding 5,000 plus. They were hungry. They were tired. They needed some food. And he fed... 5,000 men and, the, and their ladies and the children. So 15,000 perhaps he fed. And so after that, he says, you guys get in the boat. I'm going to go up here for a while. Let's let the crowds go home. And after it says in 23, after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to, on the mountain by himself to pray. When, ev- when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way away. He was beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. He's on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee, and some of you all that have been there, you can see it in your, in your picture, your picture in your mind right now. It's just a gigantic bowl. And the land slopes up. And there are villages all on top there. And it's, it's just surrounded on all sides by just, an, just a gradual elevation up. And it's probably about 20 miles or so, 25 miles from uh, the Mediterranean Sea. And that storm can blow off that sea very rapidly. And the way the lake is shaped, it's like a great big funnel that funnels all that wind into that lake. And, And very quickly, you can have a storm. Back in November, our group was there. And usually, when you go out on the Sea of Galilee, you do it on the south side of the lake because that's where you are. But this time, we had to go all the way to the north side because of how strong the wind was, and they stayed as close to the shore as they, as they could. So it, it is not, a, it's not like Lake uh, S- Superior, and that big of a lake, but it's a it's a lake that is... Uh, known to have violent, sudden storms. And so the wind was blowing. The storm was happening, and the wind was against them. And it says, in the fourth watch of the night, towards the early hours of the morning, he came to them walking on the sea. Jesus, walking on the water. There are some people that have taken a look at this scripture and said... He doesn't really walk on the water. He's walking around the water because the winds against them and they're real close to shoreline. The disciples are mistaken. They just thought Jesus was walking on the water. And what he's actually doing is walking around the water. But we can see how in appearances it looked like he was walking on the water. Well, if that's the case, then I don't know how Peter is submerged in this story, but that's nevertheless. But that's just people taking a look at something and saying, that just can't be. I'd rather be the kind of person that looks at something and says, that is the way it is. Jesus walked on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. There you go. Peter walked on the water. It doesn't say how many steps Peter took, but he walked on the water. He made progress towards Jesus. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on out of this boat and I'll come. And so Jesus says, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, there's some lessons here in this story, and very quickly, we're going to talk about three of them. The first lesson is Jesus. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus ceased the wind. As soon as Jesus got back in the boat, the wind stopped. That's when they began to worship him, saying, surely you're the son of God. Jesus walked in the water. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Lord Almighty. We understand what the Heavenly Father is like as we look at Jesus. Jesus is the one that we turn to. Jesus is the one that we worship. Jesus is the one that we know. Jesus is the one that we need to gain uh, knowledge from. Jesus is the one that needs to be the greatest influencer of our life. And so just plainly, Jesus walked on the water. He's almighty, he's powerful. We also have in this story the unnamed ones, the others in the boat. Matthew, I wonder what he was doing. Was he counting the cost of walking on the water because he's a tax collector? Thomas, was he doubting? Was John the one that says the Lord really loved, the one that was closest to the Lord Jesus? John, the the soft-hearted one? The tender hearted one, was he just looking at that and going, Oh my, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare do that. I wonder if Bartholomew was the white knuckler. I wonder if Nathaniel wanted to, but nobody had called his name yet. And he was okay with that. I wonder if Nathaniel sat there and he just held on to the side of that boat with such a grip that he was the white knuckler. He just couldn't turn loose. I bet he wanted to, but he he couldn't turn loose. There's Jesus walking on the water, and perhaps Nathaniel's going, I'd love to be out there with him, but holy cow, look at the waves, look at the wind. It's safer in here. It's definitely unsafe out there, but it's safe in here. And he's holding on to that rail of that boat for dear life. Perhaps. We don't know. But what we do know is only one among them gets up and says, Lord, if it's at you, tell me and I'll come to you. And that was Peter. That was Peter. Once again, we see the lesson that we find in Scripture that it's always the minority that respond. It's always the minority that respond. It's never the majority. It's always the minority. Only one person in the boat got out and walked on the water, and that was Peter. Now, we read this story, and because after he's took, taken those steps and he's making progress towards Jesus, we don't know if it's five yards, 10 yards, 20 yards. We don't know how, how far he was able to go, but we know that he made progress towards him. And when Peter gets out there, what did Peter do? He took his eyes off of Jesus And he put it on the wind. He put it on the wind. All right. Now, our greatest lessons here in this story, besides Jesus being the Lord of all, is this. Some of us are still in the boat. Some of us are still in the boat. We're still in the boat about salvation. We're still in the boat about something the Lord has asked us to do we're still in the boat. It took faith to get out of the boat. It took trust to get out of the boat. It took the ability not to be paralyzed by overanalyzing how in the world it would work to walk on water. And somebody in there overanalyzing this situation. You ever see anybody walk on water? No, I hadn't. Me neither. It can't be done, can it? I don't think so. I've never saw anybody walk on water. Every time I've tried to get in water, I sink. I sink like a rock. You know that conversation going on. You know this conversation is going on too. Show off, Peter. I knew Peter to stand up. He got, he's got to get all the attention. Who does Peter think he is? I'm going to slap his head when he gets back in this boat. You know that was going on. But you're in the boat, perhaps, and it's to salvation. Sometimes you got to get out of that boat, to get out of that boat and trust him for your salvation. It's not through your works, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. so say he should boast. Perhaps the Lord wanted you to be baptized today and you sat there in that pew and you were the white knuckler. Your heart was beating hard and you know that you need to follow the Lord in, in baptism. That's the next step the Lord wants you to make about being his follower. You've accepted Christ, but you haven't been baptized. You haven't been immersed. And you know you need to. And, and and when you started seeing people come, I'm here to tell you, you started leaning in, You started, but you just couldn't make your feet go up. You're still in the boat. You're still in the boat. And you see, only one person experienced this supernatural walk, and that was Peter, and that was because he got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. So if you're still in the boat, get out of the boat. Do what the Lord's asked you to do. Hear what he said and do what he says. Obey. My followers, hear my voice and do what I say. They follow me. And then you got Peter here. Great story about Peter. A lot of times people look at this passage, and when they talk about this passage, they really criticize Peter because he turned away from looking at Jesus, and he looked at the waves. That's here. And Jesus did say, oh, you little faith, why in the world did you do that? That's here. But he got out of the boat. He got out of the boat and started to walk towards Jesus. Now, his lesson is, when you're walking on the water, going towards Jesus, don't look at what you can't control. Don't look at the wind. You've already discovered that if you keep your eyes and your focus on Jesus, you can walk on water. You can experience that joy. You can have that victory. You can have that overcoming life. You can have abundant life. You can have that that joy for life that Jesus brings. But if you start looking at the worries and the problems and the struggles and you take your eyes off Jesus and you're no longer trusting Jesus for all those worries and troubles and trials, you sink like Peter, the little rock. Sink like a rock. Then you got the big lesson here as well. What did Jesus do? Well, it says in verse 31 that Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. Glory to God. I'm so thankful that our Lord immediately reaches out his hand and he takes hold of us When we turn away from him and we look at the wind. So there you got the picture of Peter walking on the water, looking at Jesus, making steps, taking care of stuff. All is good. All is good. And then he gets out there and he goes, wait a minute. This ain't supposed to happen. He looks at the wind. Down he goes. Let him drown. Could have been the response of Jesus. Jesus. You see any bubbles yet? Maybe. He could have said that. Are you going to rescue him? I let him learn his lesson. Let him learn that lesson down there. No, immediately he reached down and he picked him up and he says, oh, you little faith. Now, I believe that statement comes from grace. Peter, my son, you were coming. You were coming. And you began to doubt. That might be you today. You've had an experience of the Lord, you've known Him. you know the joy of salvation, and you have experienced a life of walking by faith and being led by the Spirit, and you can still, to, still today remember those days of victory. But at some point you start looking at the wind and you sunk. And He's been reaching out His hand to you to pull you back on up, up into the boat. Maybe you're not taking hold of him. Maybe that's what's going on. Jesus is the Lord of all. He can walk on water. He can calm storms. He's the one to follow. He's the one to follow. A lot of people just stay in the boat. Most people are just going to stay in the boat. Then there's Peter. Lord, if it's you, give me the word and I'll come. Come, Peter walked on the water by faith. Peter sunk when faith switched to what he saw, and that was the wind. But the grace of the Lord reached down and picked him on up. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you today. Maybe the Lord is speaking to your heart right now for salvation. You're saying, oh man, I, Lord, that's me in the boat. I need to be saved. Well, let, let me help you right there. If you would all close your eyes so no one feels uh, picked on right now, but if they do, that's all right. And just between you and the Lord, just have a conversation, something like this. Lord, I'm, I'm in the boat. I want salvation. Lord, I believe that you are the giver of my salvation. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe Jesus rose from the grave. Lord, my sin, I ask for you to forgive it. I ask, Father, that I become one of your children. Lord, I believe in you. I trust in you. I turn my life over to you. In Christ's name, amen. That's happened. If you've done that prayer, if you called on the name of the Lord, you've saved. Maybe you're the Peter in this story. You have a relationship with him, but you've lost your way. My friend, know the grace of God that reaches down into that storm and gets a hold of you. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. If that's you, just between you and the Lord, just speak to him like this. Lord, I know I'm one of your children. Lord, I've wandered I've strayed. I've been looking at the wind. I've been looking at the storm. Lord, I've been living for myself. And Lord, I'm hearing your call to come back into a right fellowship with you. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Father, of my, of, of my unfaithfulness. Forgive me, Father, of seeking the things of the flesh rather than the things of the Spirit. Lord, I've heard your voice today, and Lord, I know that you're reaching your hand down to me, and I grab your hand, Lord. Restore me to the joy of my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. He is gracious. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Jesus walks on water. Most people sit in the boat. Peter gets out of the boat by faith. He walked on the water looking at Jesus. When he began to look at the wind, he sunk. But Jesus reached down and brought him back and put him back in the boat. And when Jesus got in the boat, the storm ceased. Is Jesus in your boat? Is he in your life? Father, I pray that you'll just guide and lead us today. May we, Father, just be open to your spirit. Thank you for this wonderful day of celebrating you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward, please stand.